Mindfulness Mode 72. The third eye is the seat of power. That's where you can attain these cities, which is when people can basically perform miracles. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host, Bruce Langford. On Mindfulness Mode, we talk about how people from all walks of life have discovered mindfulness and how it's impacted their lives to help them become more calm, focused, and happy. Hey, Mindful Tribe, thanks for joining us. As appreciation for listening, I have a meditation infographic for you called Calm Your Busy Mind. This download focuses on breathing, exercise, and mantras. Get your copy at mindfulnessmode.com slash calm, C-A-L-M. You're listening to Solo Weekends with Bruce Langford, and great to have you here. Thanks for coming back. Today we're talking about meditation, meditation and mindfulness. And here's what I think. Meditation calms your mind and helps you reach a more grounded state. And that's just from experience. That's just what I found. And of course, I have lots of guests telling me the same thing, that that's how they feel. It helps you reach an inner calm and a sense of balance. You just feel good. I have a couple of quotes here, and here's the first one. Meditation is like giving a hug to ourselves, getting in touch with that awesome reality in us. While meditating, we feel a deep sense of intimacy with God, a love that is inexplicable. That's by Parahamansa Yugananda. And, you know, it's really cool, especially that first part to me. Meditation is like giving a hug to ourselves. And what better thing than that? Getting in touch with the awesome reality in us. Here's another quote. Meditation is offering your genuine presence to yourself in every moment. That's by Thich Nhat Hanh. And yet another one, meditation can reintroduce you to the part that's been missing. That's Russell Simmons, and I really like that one too, and it's so different. Meditation can reintroduce you to the part that's been missing. Hmm. Yeah, that's really powerful. Now, today I'm really excited because I'm going to be talking with Chris Curran Chris Curran was featured in episode 70, so just a couple of episodes ago. And he's been to India 10 times. He's studied meditation. He's meditated for years. And he really has a lot of insight into meditation. And that's why I wanted to chat with him today about meditation. So it's episode 70. If you want to listen back to Chris's episode and maybe you didn't get a chance to hear it. And if you want to see... The show notes for this episode we're on right now and read those quotes over again and so on. It's episode 72 you're listening to. So here I am with Chris Curran talking about meditation. So hey, Chris, how are you doing? I am wonderful, Bruce. So happy to talk to you again. Oh, and me too. This is fantastic. And I I love talking to you about meditation because you've done so much of it. You've traveled to India and you've you've learned meditation from your spiritual guide. You really I know that you're a plethora of information about this. And when I meditate, I basically think, you know, just do it, Bruce. Don't worry about getting better. Don't worry about how you're doing it. Just do it and relax. Tell me your views on meditation, Chris. Well, like I mentioned in the previous episode that uh, we chatted on, um, I started meditation in 2003 and 
it was one of those things I just knew that I wanted to do. It was that time in my life when I said, you know, I'm ready. So, and, and if you want the backstory, you can listen to that previous yeah, episode because yeah, we talked about it. So the first time I went to my local teacher uh, to learn meditation, I showed up at his house and it was a little kind of one freaky thing happened. The first thing that happened was a little interesting. So I was walking up to his house and I thought, oh, this guy, you know, he's a spiritual guy. He teaches meditation. And I was like looking at his house and it's a normal house. It's nothing great. And there's, you know, the, the driveway's cracked a little and the sidewalk is uneven. <laughs> I'm like thinking that because someone was spiritual that they had to have like this pristine, perfect house or something. That's really funny. It's like a stupid <laughs> thing to think. But anyway. Yeah, but it's funny. Like it's funny how we think those thoughts and then later we think, why did I think those thoughts? That's crazy. Exactly. Anyway, shows progress. So that's yes. good. But so I went up to the front door and I was about to knock and the door just opened. <laughs> I didn't get to knock and I, it opened and he was standing there with like literally about eight or 10 people. And he just looked at me. He said, Chris, I said, yeah. He said, welcome. And from the moment he said, welcome, I literally felt at home. And then I went in, I met all the people cause they had just finished a group meditation. Oh, that's why everyone was there. So everyone left and him and I sat for a one-on-one meditation for about 30 minutes. And the, so this was my first meditation ever, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And guess what happened? The first happened. meditation. Literally the entire 30 minutes or 35 minutes, whatever it was, literally no joke, no exaggeration. All I did was I followed when I closed, when I closed my eyes you can, you know, when you close your eyes, you can see like little light lights floating around, like on the back of your eyelids, right? Right. Literally, I just watched them the whole time. And I was just kind of having thoughts the whole time too. And I didn't know what was going on. Right, <laughs> I didn't know what right. I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. And it ended and I was like, okay. And he said, you know, how do you feel? What was your experience? And I told him, I said, look, all I did was follow this stuff behind my eyes and I thought it was a problem, like I was messing up or I couldn't do it or whatever. And he, all he said, totally nonchalant, he said, oh, that'll just go away. Ah. Or he said, that, that won't be a problem. I, or, yeah, he said, that'll just go away. Mm-hmm. And literally the next day I went to his house again because with the system I practice, when you start, you have to take three sittings on three consecutive days. Oh, okay. It's kind of like. The word initiation is not the proper word. It's more cleaning that we talked about last mm-hmm. time. But anyway, I went back the second day and it was totally different. I didn't focus on the light behind my eyes. Um, I was able to actually just be passive and relax and sort of, you know, sort of get into this meditative state, you know, whatever that means. So that's mm-hmm. that little experience of one day experiencing something and saying, my God, I, maybe I can't do this. Am I doing it wrong? (laughs) And then the next day it seemed to be fine. That's like a little microcosm of how meditation is in our lives. When, when anyone starts meditation, it's new, it seems difficult. It seems like you're not doing it right. You, You can't stop your thoughts and, and the wrong reaction to that is to think, oh, I can't do it or 
I'm not able to do it, and then you quit. That's not the right way. Keep with it, and very quickly, you'll at least get to a point when you say, oh, okay, I can do it. I mean, you still have stuff to learn, but at least you can do it. I've had so many people say that to me, Chris. Oh, oh, you know, every, other people can do this, but it's not for me. I tried it. It just doesn't work for me. I've had so many people, and I just want to say, hey, no, no, you can do it. You can do it. But, you know, they, like sometimes people just think I'm different. Yeah, and the number one misconception is that, oh, when I meditate, I have to sit down and be thoughtless. I yes. mean, that, that literally – the number one misconception in the Western world, in the whole world, mm-hmm. is that I have to be thoughtless. And that's just not true. That's not reality. Meditation no. is a process to regulate your mind. Right. So our minds think. That's what they do. It's not a problem. Right. <laughs> thoughts no. are good. It's fine. Sure. But if your thoughts are racing and you can't control them, well, then that's a problem. That is a because, problem. Because, look, you as a human being— as a soul, as an entity, or whatever, as an existence, mm-hmm. the mind is just part of your entity. Yeah. The mind is like like your physical body, that's part of your existence. Your mind is another part. Then, you know, according to ancient Indian knowledge, you have your mind is one thing, your consciousness is another, your ego is another, and your intellect is another. Those are four separate things, um, and we can go into that deeper some other time. But basically, your mind is part of you. It's not you. That's the mistake. And I love how Eckhart Tolle says it, that most everyone, before we reach some level of spiritual awareness, we think we are our mind. That little voice in your head that's talking all day long, oh, I'm hungry. Let me go this. Let me turn right at this next light. Let me do this. We think that voice is us. But it's not you. That's yeah, just that's the voice just the in voice. your mind. You are much deeper in that. So, so literally, if you want to break meditation down to what it really is, it's getting below or going deeper than your mind. Because there's a lot that's deeper than your mind. And in order to get deeper, we have to sit and relax and let the mind sort of calm down. It's like a, it's like a rough ocean. It's a really rough ocean. Well, just give it time. It'll settle down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so those four things, one of them's ego, one of them's intellect. And what were the other two? Consciousness. Consciousness. And mind. And mind. And so mind is an entity in itself separate from ego, intellect, and consciousness. Well, they're all part of our subtle body. Right. So they're all intertwined as as our mind is really intertwined with our body, right? Our existence yes. is really one existence. Yeah, and it's all just kind of, it all melds in together, our ego, yes. our intellect. They're just four areas that we can think about separately, but they're all sort of overlapping and mixed in together, right? I believe so, yes. Yeah, I believe so too. So when you did that first meditation with your spiritual guide, did were you sitting cross-legged? Were you sitting in a chair? Tell us, tell us about the position. Yeah, so in the practice that I do, it, there's no prescribed uh, asana, which mm-hmm. is which is a position or a pose. So you just sit comfortably. So I sat in a chair. Just I just sat in a chair, like normal, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. comfortable. The idea is that you just want to sit in a position that's comfortable for you. 
You don't want to sit cross-legged, and then after five minutes, your legs are falling asleep. Mm -hmm. You have to readjust yourself. You have to change your position because all this readjusting and changing positions, that interrupts your meditation. Of course. That takes your mind away from, okay, I'm just supposed to be still. So that's another mistake people make. They think they need to sit cross-legged, and they think they need to touch their their index finger to their thumb and face their palms up. You don't have to do any of that. People don't even understand what that means. No, I know they don't. They saw it in a picture, so they do it. Now, look, Mm -hmm. it's not wrong to do it, but it's not necessary. But some people tell you that you should do it certain ways. And do you like to have your feet flat on the floor, or do you care what your feet are doing? I don't really care. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's just not important. Same with breathing. So the the pose— in, in reality is not important because as long as you can maintain the pose and it doesn't distract you, that's fine. Same thing with breathing in the system that I practice. We don't focus on breathing. The breathing will regulate itself as you get better at meditation. I mean, look, Patanjali's eight steps of Raja Yoga mm-hmm. or eight steps of yoga, I'm sorry, uh, from 2,500 years ago. Meditation is the seventh step. Oh, before that, you have things like, you know, morality and breathing and, you know, the, the poses and, and some other things as well. The seventh step is meditation. The eighth step is um, samadhi, right, bliss. So the practice I do, we just start at the seventh step. And when you practice meditation, if you do it properly, it will automatically regulate those first six steps, meaning you'll become a more moral person by meditating just over time. It doesn't happen immediately. Oh, I wouldn't want to have a day without meditating. That would not be something I would want. I just enjoy it. But what about the third eye? Can you comment on that? Sure. So the practice that I do is a heart-centered meditation. Right. And the heart being the center of our body being Uh the center of our existence being the place where divinity resides you know lord krishna said that um within the heart is the tiny the flame the atma as they call it that's the spark of divinity is in our heart Mm -hmm. he also said that the uh i am in the heart of every being and of course lord krishna is not just some guy he's talking as you know as god as Mm -hmm. you can think of it as god right think of it as god is in the heart of every being right and the heart is where love is the heart is where we really care for each other the heart is our conscience you know when Mm -hmm. when we're doing something that's not right our heart speaks up and says you know this isn't right (laughs) Mm -hmm. um so the third eye is it's funny that lord krishna in the bhagavad gita which by the way, is one of the greatest spiritual texts ever. So I recommend everyone to read that and ponder it. And there's even a great one for uh, written by this man who was from California and he split his time between the United States and India. And it's called um, The Bhagavad Gita, A Walkthrough for Westerners. Mm. And it's a yellow book. Well, I the one I have is yellow. It's a great book book but in the gita lord krishna he advises to meditate on the third eye and the third eye is basically between your eyebrows mm-hmm. um and that's one of the chakras one of the mm-hmm. plexuses 
And that's a that's an area of power, they say. So in Indian history, the third eye is the seat of power. That's where you can attain these cities, which is when people can basically perform miracles. Okay. They can bend the physical world. They can, you know, be buried in, you know, be buried under 10 feet of earth for a week. And then they just, they dig them up and they're just fine. And they didn't eat or breathe or anything. Um, All these miracles that happen, the power comes from the third eye. So that's the power center. So in the big picture, when it comes to our own, journey through life, our own spiritual journey and meditating, the meditating on the third eye is, it's almost, it can be like handing a a gun to a four-year-old kid. Oh, really? Yeah. So you can sort of tap into power. Same with the Kundalini, by the way. Uh Uh-huh. It is powerful if you tap into it properly. And most people don't. Most people don't ever actually tap into it. But when you tap into it, it's powerful. And the problem is we're not ready to handle it. Oh, oh. <laughs> this is one of the biggest reasons why it's advised to have a spiritual guide because your guide has already transcended those levels and he can make sure you don't get stuck or overwhelmed with any power. In fact, the system that I do, we basically bypass the third eye. We don't touch it. Because there's no need to touch it. On our spiritual journey, we don't need to attain the power to do miracles. Just like in your physical life, you don't need $100 billion. Mm -hmm. You don't need it. You can live on $100,000. If you had $100 billion, think of the mess that would create in your life. Think of the responsibility. Yes, exactly. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to help people? How are you going to – yeah, exactly. That's huge. What am I going to do with this? I'm afraid to lose it. What am I going to do? Where can I invest it? So the thing is, everybody in the physical world, they want the $100 billion, but it's not good for them. Mm. So so the analogy in spirituality is a lot of people want this third eye power or this kundalini, but in reality, I won't say it's not good for them, but it's not necessary Mm. to reach our spiritual goal. So it's better just to be be heart-centered then. Um, Well... I would, I think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, that mm-hmm. I think each of us should figure it out on our own, right? Certainly, right, right, sure. Well, I just love meditating. I it just really adds to my life, and I like to share it with other people if they want to know how it can help their life. And that, I mean, that's basically what I do through my podcast is share the whole idea of mindfulness with the mainstream by talking with mainstream people who just want to share. And so then I learn a lot, you know, and I'm sure my listeners learn a lot just about, yeah, what is this mindfulness? What is this meditation thing? Like, can I really do it? Or do I have to be, you know, sitting cross-legged on a cushion? Well, no, <laughs> you don't. But but it is, it's true. It's a misconception that a lot of a lot of people think you have to be in a, an unusual place, in a meditation room or something like that. But you don't. You can just sit anywhere at the airport or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. And one point I want to make, this is kind of important, that... Mm-hmm. We talked on the last episode I was on about mm-hmm. having a spiritual guide is kind of like having a like a tennis coach right, or a tennis trainer, someone teaching you in tennis. But here's the thing. You and I can 
sit here on this podcast. We can talk mm-hmm. about taking tennis lessons. We can talk about, okay, the number one tennis player in the world is going to train me. Mm-hmm. Well, we can on the podcast here, we, we, we can think about that, but we don't know what it means. But when you go down to the tennis court and you meet the number one player in the world and he says, okay, I'm going to warm up for five minutes and he starts cranking balls and hitting balls, just putting on this display of, mm. of amazing talent and you're just standing by and you're just jaw drops and you're just like, wow. The same thing happens with meditation in my experience. Mm -hmm. When you meditate with someone who has a lot more experience, who has achieved a much higher awareness, it makes a big difference. The, another analogy is that if you sit by a fire, you feel warm, right? If you sit by a huge block of ice, you'll feel cold. Yes. Well, when you sit with someone who has really achieved, I mean, much higher level of consciousness and purity, it, you feel it. You feel it in some way, and you can't explain it. We can't mm. talk about it on this podcast. So I would encourage everyone, if you really are interested in meditation, try to find someone who is, has achieved a lot <laughs> and sure. meditate with them. Because it's like, again, the difference is when you, when you see that tennis trainer putting on this amazing display of talent, you, it, it affects you. It, you know, or when you sit in front of a fire, you feel warm. It, it, it passes on its nature to you. Yeah, yeah. I love that description. And, you know, last week we talked about spirit and some people feel spirit and some people say they don't, but it's it's there. I feel it. You feel it. Yeah, I'm I'm really glad that you described it that way. And meditation, I I just personally think meditation can help everyone. I talked to someone this morning and they said, "Well, I don't meditate because I feel I'm I'm already really calm and I'm already really focused and they didn't use the word grounded, but I think he meant that." And I thought, "Well, that's all really good, but I I did say but how would you feel if you could be even more so, even more calm, even more grounded? And he said, well, yeah, I guess that'd be good, but I already feel like I am. I said, okay, that's fine. But what would you say to that person, Chris? Well, everyone in life is in their own right place. They're on I their agree. own part of the journey. And the thing is, that's, see, that's the big mystery of, this, of our spiritual goal or our spiritual yes. destiny. With our minds, our remember, our minds are just in one part of ourselves. Our mind is not able to comprehend or conceive of the highest spiritual goal because the mind only goes up so far. Beyond that is spirit and bliss and all that. Literally, you can't conceive of it in your mind. Your mind doesn't have that ability. So as human beings, when we talk about meditation and getting deeper in meditation or being more calm or, or reaching higher spiritual states or levels of awareness. We don't know what that means. (laughs) So, Mm. you know, I came to meditation because my life was a mess and I knew I needed something. And unfortunately that's what happens in life is people, you know, people don't start going to the gym until they go to the doctor and their doctor says, Oh, you're, what is it? Your, your cholesterol. No, your, yeah, your cholesterol's way up right. and your triglycerides. Yes. And man, if you don't right. change something, you're in trouble. Yes. Then you go to the gym. Same thing with meditation in our lives. Until people 
sort of hit this emotional rock bottom like I did, um, most people won't come to meditation. They just won't. There's no need. Right. And, and, and again, the mind can't conceive of the goal. If, if you could explain it in physical terms, like, okay, if you do this, you'll earn a hundred billion dollars. People would say, Oh, okay. I know what a hundred billion dollars is. No problem. But in the spiritual world, they don't know. And one thing about meditation as well, bringing it more into our lives, I want to not forget to mention something called something that the, my practice calls constant remembrance. So what happens is, and, and it goes, this is, goes right along with mindfulness, that when we meditate for either 30 minutes or 60 minutes, whatever you meditate, you can get into a meditative state and you're very passive and, you know, you're not involved with the world. You're not involved with your senses, mm-hmm. your five senses. And you can be blissful or, or at least very calm and reflective and all that. And it's great. A lot of benefits to that. We, mm-hmm. we could go on forever. But here's the thing. When this 30 minutes is up, then what? Then we go back to our lives and we, you know, go to work or we, you know, have breakfast and all this stuff. We do, right. we do things. The thing is, as we progress, we can take that meditative state of that 30 minutes and you can actually maintain that state throughout the day in the background. Right. Like a constant remembrance. And it's just there in the background. And you're sort of still in a way meditating. You might call it mindfulness, right? You're, yes. you're mindful that your soul is one thing and your body is another. And this interaction with a client, let's say, or your interaction with a family member, that's just a physical interaction, an emotional interaction. You, your awareness is much higher in the moment. And, and it's just, I mean, you can tell me all the benefits of mindfulness, right? Yeah. I love that. I love that you said constant remembrance because those two words paired together, when I hear you saying them and when I say them, it just makes me feel great. Constant remembrance. Right. I meditate and then I have constant remembrance. Isn't that funny how words can do that? They just really make me feel amazing when I think of those words. And and I'm just looking at my my clock and we've chatted for quite a while, Chris, and that's wow. great. I, I, I'd love to talk so much more, but it's really interesting about meditation and what it can do. And so, you know, if you're listening and you're thinking, well, maybe I will meditate. Well, I highly recommend it. Like, I just think... Wow, you know, like I like I said, I don't even look back. It just it just makes me feel like a different relaxed person. Like just my life is smooth, a lot smoother. But I've been meditating for a long time, but it's just amazing. So any closing thoughts before we say goodbye? Well, I would just say practice, practice, practice. I mean, just do it. Find a good system that works for you. Do it the way you want to do it. You know, don't try to be too rigid. Don't try mm-hmm. to be, don't try to conquer the world. Just start, just do something. Just do and, and the big thing is too, is to reflect on what you're doing. So even after every meditation, if you meditate for 30 minutes, take three or four minutes and think about how do I feel? How was that 30 minutes? How do I feel now that's different from 35 minutes ago? How did that meditation change me? Where did I feel in my body? What did I do? So basically you're, you're becoming sensitive to your own spiritual condition 
and your own emotional condition and your own mental condition. And that sensitivity will help you on the way. So that's one of the ways that people do meditation for a while and they might not see much, see results. Well, because it's, you're not using it. You're not reflecting on what you just did. Same. If you go to the gym, you lift weights. Okay. How did, how did that workout affect me? How do I feel? Did my muscles get bigger? Did I burn more calories or whatever? So be sensitive to what you're doing. And that's why a journal also helps. So after you meditate, read your condition, see how you feel and write it down in your spiritual diary. And, and that'll help a lot. Oh yeah. I, I find that helps me a lot too. So thanks a lot, Chris, for talking with us about this. This is fantastic. And I'll talk to you another time. See you, Chris. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you. Okay. Bye now. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.